The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm superstar Frank Morano. You're listening to 77 WABC. Thanks for starting your Thanksgiving with me. That's right. It is officially Thanksgiving. And if you are a Frank fan, you've got a lot to be thankful for today. Because in addition to doing our regular show from 1 to 5, I will be back at 6 a.m. in for my colleague Sid Rosenberg. Now, I'm just doing the first hour of the program when our boss, John Katsimatidis, takes over at 7 I don't have much planned, so if you wanted to call in in that 6 o'clock hour, I could certainly use the help. But I'll tell you what I am planning to talk about. The story that I alluded to the other day about Andrew Cuomo possibly running for mayor, and it is becoming clear that this is something he is seriously thinking about. Politico New York reporting that he is indicating to allies that he may want to run for New York City mayor if fellow Democrat Eric Adams sinks under the weight of a federal investigation. Cuomo, of course, resigned as governor more than two years ago amidst allegations of sexual harassment and claims that his administration covered up the number of COVID-19 deaths tied to nursing homes. And in recent days, he has apparently begun gauging the viability of a potential mayoral bid. This is according to not one random Cuomo-holic. This is according to eight people who have talked to him or his inner circle. On top of that, a new poll that began circulating last week measures how voters feel about Cuomo, his accomplishments in office, and the controversies that led to his resignation. So this is for real. I don't know whether he's going to end up running, but it's clear that he's thinking about running. Couple of things. One, I want to remind everybody that Andrew Cuomo does not live in New York City and has not lived in New York City in decades. And yet, this man is so arrogant that he actually thinks he can come swoop right into New York City and will just elect him. I hope he's wrong about that. Two, I am salivating over the prospect of an Andrew Cuomo Curtis Lewa debate. If there's a nonpartisan special election and there's a point where there's a debate between Cuomo and Curtis, or even if it's just a standard general election and Cuomo's the Democrat and Curtis is the Republican, I don't know that Curtis could beat Cuomo because of the Democratic registration advantage that they enjoy, if it is a partisan advantage. But I will tell you this, if there was just one debate between Cuomo and Curtis, Andrew Cuomo's head would explode. I mean, he would be unable to control himself. He would go crazy. He cannot withstand the barrage of criticisms that would come his way if Curtis were to really take it to him in a debate. So part of me hopes that he does run, but a big part of me hopes that he doesn't because I think he would do an awful job as mayor. And I think he actually has a very good chance of winning. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. Happy Thanksgiving. Whenever there is a holiday, especially a big one like Thanksgiving or Christmas, where people are accustomed to spending time with family, the people that I always think about most are the people that are incarcerated in our listening audience because they don't get to spend the holiday with their family. And that is a very tough thing, not only for them, but for their family members. 
members who in most cases didn't do anything wrong at all and yet are still being punished. One of the things that I usually like to do on Thanksgiving is give shout outs to our listeners who are in prison in our listening area, but I didn't have a chance to put together a list of folks to give a shout out to and make sure they were listening. So I'm sorry about that. We'll do that for either Christmas Eve or New Year's Day or something. But there was a fascinating story in Vera, V-E-R-A. I'm going to link to it on my uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash Morano fan. And it's all about Adam Roberts who trains service dogs in a New York prison, the Fishkill Correctional Facility. And he is hoping that this Thanksgiving behind bars is his last. And it's such an interesting piece, and I hope people read it, because it talks about this service dog, Moggy. It's pronounced Moggy, M-A-G-E-E. It's an 11-month-old black lab from a service dog training program that Mr. Roberts has been raising and working with since January. Unfortunately, neither Moggy nor Andrew will get to enjoy sweet potatoes this Thanksgiving, even though that's one of Moggy's favorite special training treats, as New York State no longer allows for canned foods. I thought this article was really interesting and really opening because on the one hand, it focuses on the power of animals to heal. By training these service dogs, Andrew Roberts is clearly getting a therapeutic benefit, a psychological benefit and an emotional benefit. And there's a lot of people listening to us right now who are not in prison, but are just lonely. And if that applies to you, maybe think about getting a pet or uh, visiting a pet or trying to walk a pet or signing up for some sort of a service where you can spend time with pets. The other thing is I think this article totally illustrates the important function that so many people who are incarcerated now are playing in our society. This is a service dog that is going to go out and help a very needy person and he's being trained by someone who is spending his 24th Thanksgiving behind bars. Think of all the talent that's behind bars right now and all the great work they're already doing and all the great work they could be doing in the future. If you're spending Thanksgiving in prison or in jail today, I'm thinking about you and I'm wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Well, the Eric Adams investigation has been getting most of the attention and most of the press lately, but we can't forget about that other New York City mayor who tried to rip off the city, actually succeeded, at least for a time, in ripping off the city. That being, of course, former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, who I'm still waiting for to come on the show, by the way, and I will be very respectful, very polite, very fair. However, he owes the taxpayers of the city of New York nearly half a million dollars. You see, during Mayor de Blasio's failed campaign for the presidency, the former mayor charged City taxpayers, six-figure travel costs. I mean, where does this guy get the onions? This is primarily for an NYPD security detail that was required to travel with him at all times. Back in June, the City Conflict of Interest Board, which is pretty nonpartisan, they ordered Mayor de Blasio to pay a $155,000 fine and cough up $319,000 to reimburse the city for travel, lodging 
meal expenses of the NYPD officers that accompanied him on 31 campaign trips from Iowa to South Carolina before he bowed out of the race in September of 2019 and just barely lost that presidential election. But de Blasio fought this. He sued the Conflict of Interest Board and argued that the order was beyond the board's authority to regulate the mayor's political activities while in office, and he claimed it infringed on his First Amendment rights that afford the person elected mayor autonomy over how to lead the city. I mean, it's nonsense. What they said was, if a mayor decides that a presidential bid is consistent with and even supportive of his role as mayor, that's his decision to make free from impediments. That's what the lawsuit said. Last week... The Conflict of Interest Board asked a state judge to throw out the former mayor's challenge, accusing Mayor de Blasio of concocting a chilling vision of an imperial mayoralty. They're exactly right. The Conflict of Interest Board is exactly right, and Mayor de Blasio's lawsuit needs to be tossed into the dumpster, and the mayor needs to reimburse the city taxpayers for ripping us off for this presidential bid, which anybody could have told them was going nowhere. Beam me up. To be continued. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight. I'm not sure if you heard in the first hour, a woman called in and talked about the prohibitively expensive price of electricity these days. Well, if you live in New Jersey and you drive, you better get used to paying high electricity prices because New Jersey will require car makers to offer an increasing percentage of new zero emission vehicles for sale in the state beginning with model year 2027 and ramp up until they make all new light duty vehicle sales by 2035. That's according to what the Murphy administration said yesterday. So Governor Phil Murphy and environmental activists said this rule, known as Advanced Clean Cars 2, would help the state improve air quality and fight climate change, even as business groups and critics said the state doesn't have the infrastructure in place to support it. And that is precisely one of the reasons why I think this is a poor idea. So New Jersey, you essentially are going to be mandated to purchase an electric car by 2035 or beginning in 2035. This is going to harm working class New Jerseyans and it is going to strain New Jersey's power grid. This is also a gift to China, where even the cars that are manufactured here, the electric cars, they're using batteries and other high-end machinery that is primarily coming to us from China. This is basically a mandate to every New Jersey car owner that you're going to have to buy more expensive Chinese-owned products. Additionally, these vehicles are showing real problems with fires. Ralph Nader had a terrific column last week where he talks about an honest car dealer that is not happy that he's forced to sell all these electric vehicles and talks about all the dangers with things like fire. These electric vehicles are not ready for mass adoption, in my view. This is something that is not good 
for the economy. It's not good for the environment because these electric vehicles have a lot of their own issues. It's not good for the United States in our battle to become energy dependent. And I am all for doing whatever it takes to limit greenhouse gas emissions. But I don't think this is the right policy. There are some major risks with this policy. The New Jersey power grid is already overwhelmed and adding more electric cars is not going to help. The minerals necessary to meet the demand for electric vehicles are going to set off a race to mine the ocean floor, which is an environmental issue we're going to have to deal with. This is one of those things that sounds good, but I fear it won't be. Beam me up. To be continued.